You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Oh my goodness, what a touching video and what an image that Jesus' family should be, really that our church should look like. This was made for uh, Canada's 150th birthday. Now, the date of Canada's nation is a little bit in question, but it's 150th birthday coming up July 1st, and they made this to really to bring a, a very diverse nation together. And one of the best ways they saw was to actually be sitting around at the table, and I just, I love all the images that are in that. This has been viewed over 20 million times, and that's pretty significant because Canada's population is about 35 million. <laughs> so most Canadians have seen this video, and it's been wonderful. And it's, it's, it's uh, timely because it, it, it hits a core need for all people to be included, and yet much of our world moves us to exclude others, whether we're on our uh, devices or just simply not in touch with others. But God's desire is that His people, His family, be inclusive, be those ones that invite people to sit down with them and have some connection together. It is so important that Jesus praise this very truth For not only the believers that were around him when he was alive, but he prays for all future believers in that sense. And I know this because Jesus' prayer is written down. So turn with me to your Bibles, to John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. And if you don't have a Bible, our amazing ushers are are, uh, jumping up there, grabbing a stack of Bibles, and they're going to walk down the aisle. If you want to borrow one, you could just wave your hand at them, and I encourage you to uh, uh, take a look at that um, as we go through this. This is a unique passage in Scripture because it's a place where where Jesus gives this, in a sense, high priestly prayer, this high prayer for us as believers, and and it's praying for His family of followers, for us to be unified. And it's it's Jesus' prayer for our church this coming year. Because one of the realities of our family, and our church family is included in that, is change. We each change and grow as the years move on, and we go through a number of stages and phases in family life. Uh, we get married. We gain fun friendships uh, like, like family. Uh, our younger kids grow older. Uh, we become uncles and aunties, and we move into the teenage years, and we saw many graduations, and some of you have had wonderful opportunities, and now you're, your kid's now out of elementary school into junior high, out of junior high into high school, out of high school into college, out of college into life. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> But it's, it's uh, we get older, we become young adults, we are caring for aging parents, we become grandparents, and maybe we even move, and uh, we join a new family, uh, work family, neighborhood family, whatever. See, our families, our nuclear family, our, our friends' family, our work family, our church family are all in flux and constantly changing. And one of the most difficult parts of family is to keep it unified, and people experiencing that sense of oneness and that sense of belonging. Some don't even try and just kind of hope they will experience some connection. 
Some are too self-absorbed. They don't seek to be inclusive at all and unless they benefit. And some lock their life in tight and become a bit more exclusive. And though their immediate family might be close, they are a bit ingrown and miss the joy of the oneness and inclusion with others. Well, Jesus was concerned about our unity and our oneness and our inclusivity. And so he prays in John chapter 17, verses 20 to 23, giving us two major areas to be inclusive with and with three challenges in that. For unity in God's family comes from an, an, uh, an inclusive heart towards Jesus and towards others. And so we're going to look at that this morning, and if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet, let's pray and ask God to do something incredible in our heart. I'm excited about this message. I've, I've been sitting in class for the last two weeks for my doctoral program, and I'm ready to preach. Woo! So hang on. If I start to go overtime, somebody make some note motions, would you? I've been, you know, it's bad when a preacher can't preach, because then he just wants to take the whole time, so sorry. Victor said, let the Spirit lead. I'm going, oh man. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to be together. And I thank you for this church. Lord, as I see that video, we are like that in the sense that we invite people to our table. We are inclusive. And Lord, may we even be more so. And I pray that this morning, God, that you would challenge each one of us personally how we might be better to be inclusive, how we might be more inclusive, Lord, and and point us to those opportunities and even some practical things that we can accomplish that will help us even make this church and our lives more inclusive. So bless us this moment, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat and take this, and hopefully you have your Bible open up to John. John's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 17. And in this particular passage, a lot of John 17 is this prayer of Jesus. We're just going to pull out a very uh, small segment of that where he prays specifically about our unity, about our oneness. So here it goes. Jesus is praying to God. He's talking to God. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. In other words, he's praying for us, believers now. Uh, From then, those look forward, and the new ones that will come in, the ones that will come to faith in Jesus, that they may be, verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be become, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. This is a wonderful prayer. A wonderful challenge from from Christ that we are to become more and more inclusive, more and more one as we gather together in this unity. Uh, J. Oswald Chambers, who wrote a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest, I mean, some of you have actually read through that. It's it's a beautiful, very old, but very beautiful uh, devotional. He says this in regards to this passage. He says, since you became a disciple, you cannot be as independent as you used to be. See, there is a connection we now need to foster as we're, and, and this oneness uh, and this unity that we are to initiate and develop and maintain. And this requires us to be more and more inclusive with Jesus and more and more inclusive with others. 
For unity in God's family comes from an inclusive heart towards Jesus and really all people. So let's jump into this outline. Uh, Let's be inclusive with Jesus. Uh, Let me read again verses 20 and 21. Jesus prays, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus says that you may be in us. To be in Christ, he's praying for. Well, keep your finger in John. And I want you to turn over to another passage found in the New Testament, the Bible book of Galatians. So you'll go from John to Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Listen to what it says about us being in Christ. Verse 26, for in Christ you are all sons of God. See, when you come to faith in Jesus, you become part of God's forever family. You become sons and daughters of God through faith. Verse 27, for there are many of you, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, put on Christ, in other words, put on his character. There is neither Jew or Greek, there is neither slave or free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. In other words, you're not identified by your gender or by your ethnicity. You're you're, you're identified by your connection to Christ. And if you are Christ, you then are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise, that we now become part of God's forever family. All the promises for Israel are now all ours as well. And so there's a great unity in this of those who believe in Christ. Our identity and character and unity and inheritance are all wrapped into this being in Christ. Now, if you want some more study verses, pick up the the study guide and you can study more about what it means to be in Christ. But to be in Christ is to act upon our new identity. That's why we call ourselves Christians. It literally means little Christs, that when you see us, you see Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Do you? I mean, that's the idea. That's why we say, hey, I'm a Christian. In other words, hey, look at me and you'll see Jesus fleshed out. That right there is a challenge in itself. But we are to be in Christ and we're to be inclusive in Christ. In other words, to be seeking to develop our character like Christ. Our actions are to reflect our oneness with him. So here's three key actions to keep us inclusive with Christ. First, to be inclusive with Christ is to be devoted to Jesus. Romans 12.1 puts it this way, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, to be a living sacrifice, because everybody there understood what sacrifice meant, and they had a whole sacrificial system to cover sins, that they would take an animal, they would uh, slay it, and it would be gone, it would be a great sacrifice. Not just a contribution. Matter of fact, I don't know if anybody eats bacon and eggs this morning, But if you had bacon and eggs this morning, the chicken contributed, the pig sacrificed. So you get the idea there between just contributing and sacrifice. We're supposed to be not contributing to to Christ's cause, but actually sacrificing ourselves to Christ's cause. So it makes a big difference in there. 
It's a surrender and a submission to Jesus' lordship, his leadership, and the lessons he gives us. It means we grow in awe and revel at the glory of God. It means we stand outside, not maybe in the city, but, but maybe out in the mountains, and we look up and see the expanse of heaven and just go, wow, how amazing God is. Or I love looking in my, I have a little orchid in my office that the Kamai ministry gave me when they first started, and it still blooms every year. And I look at that beautiful orchid, and I, and I see the glory of God, how intricate and detailed that, that flower is. It's being in awe of God of those things. To take time and to make time to, to be in awe of that and, and, and to get his sacrifice that he made for us. Because, see, we don't sacrifice just because you know, God doesn't expect us or he expects us to sacrifice, and he doesn't sacrifice himself because well, Christ already did. See, the problem is, and many of you know the, the reality of what the good news of God is, is that we're all sinful. We're all born into this unfortunate condition where we have this mountain of moral guilt, where we are, are shamed by our sin, and there's a power of evil that continually pulls us down. <coughs> we're in a mess. And there's nothing we can do to fix ourselves of this sin condition. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not a single one of us are perfect. Not a single one of us can even deal with our own sin. We can try to be good, and that is a good thing, but it doesn't change our sinful condition. We need somehow to be reborn, somehow to be regenerated, somehow to be changed, and we can't do it ourselves. But that's why Jesus came. He sacrificed himself in our place on a cross. And we get so excited about Easter and, and Good Friday when he paid the penalty for our sin. And, and then Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead, proving that he is the one he said he was, that he has conquered death, and that we live because he lives. And so that's the promise of God. And, and to be reminded over and over and over again, and just last week we had communion. And every time we have communion, it's a reminder of what Jesus did. And we go, wow, we have an amazing God who doesn't just kick us out on this earth and say, hey, Fend for yourselves. No, he says, I'm making the greatest sacrifice for you. I've given you everything. All you need to do is just to start walking the right direction. It's still our choice. We still have a, the human uh, uh, a chance to choose, but yet, yet how great is that? See, to be devoted to Jesus is to, is to, to revel in that sacrifice and to understand and to keep reminding ourselves. And it's to wonder at his love. The great love of God that he has for us. He loves everything about you. Every detail and feature, inside and outside. Even when we make mistakes, it doesn't change his love. It's always present, always there, continually flowing towards us. You make him smile when he thinks of you. And his thoughts of you outnumber the sand and the seashore. I know that's true because Psalm 139 says it. He cares and loves you deeply. Ah, it's to be in awe of his servant nature. Jesus said he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, as Mark 10.45 says. And to constantly search the depths of his character by delving into his word and learning more of him. That's what it means to be devoted to Jesus. And to be inclusive with Jesus is to be devoted to Jesus, but also to be dedicated to his purposes. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 put it this way, talking about us, us who have come to faith in Jesus. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And to be these royal priests who proclaim the excellencies is to be about his purposes. Those of, of loving God, as Matthew 22, uh, verse 37, talked about Jesus, in, as Matthew records, and, and Luke as well, uh, talks about Jesus coming to a lawyer, not a lawyer like we know today, but a, a lawyer who is adept in the, in the Levitical law, the law of the Bible, those that you found in, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus in your Bible. They, they, are, uh, they knew about the law. They knew about God. And so they come to him, and one of them comes to him and questions Jesus and says, okay, Jesus, what is the the greatest and foremost commandment in all of the Bible? And Jesus, without hesitation, I believe, comes and says, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. That's Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. That happened. Jesus, God had already put that in in his word back in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's the great Shema, hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. That's the biblical purpose of worship, that we are to love God with all of our being. It's also the biblical purpose of growth, that we are to grow in that love and grow in that understanding. But Jesus didn't stop there. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, Jesus says, there's a second one. The second commandment is like the first. We're to love our neighbor as ourself, that we are to have love for other people. That's the, the biblical purpose of reach, of reaching out. I love that video where that little girl walks down the thing and goes, gets the older man. But also, if you notice, the little kid also at the very beginning dragged his parents to the table. That's why our children's ministry is so important, because kids just seem to get it. They are not... Uh, um, um, tainted by the age of life that excludes us and pushes us away. Kids love to play together. Go on a, on a kindergarten play yard, and you will see the ultimate example of what being inclusive should be. They don't care about race or a disability or anything. They just want to play. Hey, you're a person, I'm a person, let's play. Let's connect. And so we are to, be, we are to reach out to others and to serve others. Well, a while back in John chapter uh, uh, 13, verse 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you should love one another. That God wants us not only to love God and, and to love others, but also to love each other along in the process. And that's the biblical purpose of belonging, that sense of gathering together. That's why I love that video. It's that sense of initiating belonging, that, that connection, like eating together. And it's also helping the hurting. So let's remain inclusive with Jesus and be dedicated to his purpose. As well, to be inclusive with Jesus is to be diligent about his calling. And yes, we are a people of action, priests and proclaimers and promoters of Jesus' purposes. It's our calling. And in this calling, we are to to figure our unique calling in that taking our gifts and abilities God has given us and the passions he has on our hearts and the opportunities he opens up to us and then jump in. And now as a church, we've kind of boiled this down to a statement. It's like this, and I'd like you to read it along with me. We endeavor, read along with me, we endeavor to live and love like Jesus 
as we compassionately relate to our community and beyond so all may thrive as fully functioning followers of Christ. That's our vision. That's the vision God has given this particular church. And that's what we do. We compassionately relate to our community. That's why we can do community things. Matter of fact, that's why these waters are here. Because in just a month, we're going to be giving out free water at the Cypress Festival. We do this every year. And uh, this is a little shameless plug, so make sure you bring in your cases of water. And we're going to smatter this stage. We give out over 5,000 bottles of water. And so I encourage you to be part of that. We'll tell you more later, but you can start bringing them in if you'd like. But, but we compassionately relate to our community. We are part, and part of this community is God wants us to love our community. But you want to help them become fully functioning followers of Christ. So they thrive in that. And that's what our purpose is. But each one of us have a part in that. We help our community thrive. And each of us have a unique part in that. It's like a, um, you guys have seen that we do a connections each week, each month, and this, this month's connections is our annual report, but this is put together by somebody. Sharon puts this together. Sharon is using her unique gifts and abilities to be able to produce something like this. She comes in almost every day and helps out put this together. Uh, uh, there's also uh, uh, Mark Bernadoni. Where's Mark? Are you in the, are you up there? Where is he? He's somewhere around. Anyways, Mark, is, it helps run our sound. He's also one of our trustees. And, and then Pat Dare, she's in, in our kids' ministry. And I could name servant after servant after servant all over this church and even outside the church, serving in their community, each of us doing our unique part to help people and to be about what God has called us to do. It's all, it's, it's all of us being about our unique calls. And so try to find some area. There is amazing opportunities. Matter of fact, that's in the in the uh, um, study guide that's out there. We've listed actually some ways that you can get involved, areas where you can be involved in ministry. And there's contact people. I encourage you to make pick up one of these. And if you're not already involved, get involved. Jump in. You have a unique call that God wants to use, and so jump in there and do that. <clears throat> it's one way to be inclusive. The question is, will you be in Christ? To be in Christ, to be inclusive with Jesus means we're devoted to Him, dedicated to His purposes, and diligent to be about His call in our life. For when we do, there's unity. For unity in God's family comes from an inclusive heart towards Jesus and all people. And so in this prayer, John, in John 17, we're also challenged to be inclusive with others. Look back again at John 17. I've got to turn there. Now looking at verse uh, um, 22 and 23. The glory that, Jesus again praying to God, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know <clears throat> that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Jesus praying that they may be one, that there be a unity, a a oneness as we are inclusive with each other. It's also an intense inclusiveness towards others regardless of age or gender or ethnicity. Three key actions to keep us inclusive with others. This inclusiveness with others comes from being devoted to all people. All through Scripture, we're challenged to connect 
and include others in our lives as we serve. Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples of all nations. That Greek word there is a Greek word ethne, which we get our our, our word ethnic from. It means all different nations, all different kinds of people. The word to go out to them, not just in mission work, but even in our own neighborhoods, not just our own kind, but others. Mark eleven seventeen says that, that the church, this place of worship, would be a house of prayer for all nations. You know, one of the saddest realities that, that you know, the, between the hours of, of 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock on Sunday is the most segregated time of our nation. Because for some reason, the church hasn't gotten the idea that we should be multi-ethnic. Now, now we don't see it that way. Because I love the different varieties of ethnicities that we have in our church, and I celebrate that constantly, but because that's what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to reflect these all nations. Genesis 18, 18, that, that, that through Abraham, all nations on the earth will be blessed. We are to come together as this multi-ethnic, wonderful opportunity. And in this diverse ethnicity, we are to have a love for all people. <clears throat> Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13 says it this way or tells us how. Put on as God's chosen ones, as his holy priesthood, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. That bearing with one another is a love choice to be devoted to all people, regardless of, again, of race, gender, or age. Unfortunately, Our sin-infected bent builds prejudice and exclusion and partiality. And to keep us from getting that way, Jesus calls us to love everybody. So put yourself in groups and get involved in relationships where there are people that are not like you. It's not easy, and it takes effort but well worth it because you gain from other people's story, other people's life view. Take someone who's not like you out to lunch. Get involved into a, in a diverse life group or service team. Seek out people who are different and, and learn from other cultures. Our uh, missionary in Japan, Takeshi Takazawa, handed me this great book called Eastern Voices. It's all about uh, just different uh, Eastern pastors, Asian pastors, sharing their life story in their words. And I have gained tremendously as I've read through this book and and seen how different people think and, and how wonderful it is. It adds to my experience, and I can see God through their eyes. It's wonderful. See, unity in God's family comes from an inclusive heart towards Jesus and all people. So ramp up and initiate greater devotion to all people and not just your kind. Another action to keep us inclusive with others is to be dedicated to unity. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which I have called you with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. As we are unified in inclusion with Jesus, we are to be humble. 
to think of others as more important than ourselves. To be gentle, to be kind, and to be patient, and to understand our differences. It means we are a learner of each other's story and growing in an understanding of each other. It's like the three main worldviews that uh, um, Jason Georges, who wrote this very interesting but amazing book called The 3D Gospel. Basically, he says that our world has three different worldviews. One is a a guilt-innocence worldview where rules and laws define behavior and is very individualistic. That's mostly towards the West has that. There's a shame-honor worldview where society defines behavior and is more collective and group-oriented. That's more in the Eastern part of the world. And and there's a fear-power worldview where fear of an unforeseen power shapes behavior and to obtain power becomes a driven force. And that's more in the southern hemisphere. And and we're all part of a little bit of these. And we are all parts of these worldviews that shape our thinking. One is not right and the other wrong. Colossians 3.14 says, Above all, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. To be dedicated to unity and love like crazy. The world is watching. In fact, in, in, in verse 23 of John 17, it says, so the world might know. See, this community is watching this church. And they're trying to see if we really love like we say we love. And they're wondering who is invited to our table. And are you an exclusive group that says, ah, no one, you know, the, only these certain people can come. No, we invite everybody. But this community is watching and, and the world is watching and want to know, do Christians really live out what Jesus says? And we're to show that great unity and that love and that inclusivity to let the world know that that's what Jesus is like. He loves everyone. One more action to keep us more inclusive with others is to be diligent for inclusion. We find this in all the one another passages of Scripture, Romans 12.10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another showing honor. Romans 12.16 says to live in harmony with one another. Romans 15.17 says to accept one another. Galatians 5.13 says to serve one another. To be diligent for inclusion is to include others in our lives. Philippians 2.4 puts it this way, let each one of you Look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. The Lord is calling us to something higher rather than our sinful self-focus. Yes, and that will take some adjusting in our lives. Now we're all different. And it doesn't mean you all need to now be extroverts. Because I know there are those of you who are introverts. And you're either on an extreme... An introvert is someone who gains their energy from being alone. An extrovert is someone who gains their energy from being with people. Can you guess where I am? My wife's a little different. It creates a fun excitement in our marriage. Woohoo! Come on, honey, let's go be with people. And she's going, I was just with a bunch of kindergartners. Can I just be alone? But I'm not saying that every one of us need to be extroverts. I mean, some of you look forward to go to church. I can meet people. And people ask me, Mike, are you exhausted on Monday? I said, no, I'm so charged up because I've been with people. And I love it. Uh, But but others of you are different, and that's okay. 
But for each one of us, we need to stretch out a little bit and come out of our comfort zone to be more inclusive with other people. Because God is calling us to that. And we are to have, uh, we will have to create some margin in our life, in this stretching, coming out of those comfort zones and, and meeting people that you don't know, like even here on Sundays. And I know for some of you, it's like when you go, okay, we're going to meet people. Some of you go, oh, ow. oh, it's my worst part of Sunday. I know that. But just meet one person, just one, because God has brought a guest here, maybe to meet you. God does that. He actually encourages people and and sends them to two churches because he knows they're going to take care of because God cares about that person. And you may be here as a guest and think, well, no, I decided to come here. No, you didn't. God moved you to come here. And God brings us guests to to, to reach out to, and and that's why we greet each other, because we want to give an opportunity for you to come up, and your new best friend may be it, just walk through the door. And he wants us to be inclusive in that way. And it may take a stretch, but I know you can do it. Invite people out to lunch or over to lunch. Join a life group. Find one with people not like you and see the amazing love of God draw you together like family. <laughs> the, the, the life group that Chrissy and I are in right now, it's, just a, it's a, a mixture of young and old and a few different ethnicities, and it's a fun gathering together, but it, it really feels like family. I'm looking forward. We're having a little barbecue this next Wednesday at my house and, and gathering together. I, I really, I haven't seen them for like two weeks. And I feel like, gosh, I miss, I want to hear their stories. And, uh, you know, Bobby and Alyssa just got back from Indonesia and I want to hear about their stories. And, and, uh, others have been away on different trips and I can't wait because it's like family. Get involved in a group like that. They're diligent to be inclusive. They've made a choice to do so. Let's keep going and, and even step it up a notch. <clears throat> as well as our devotion to all people and our dedication to unity, for unity in God's family comes from an inclusive heart towards Jesus and all people. <clears throat> and as we do, we create a great mosaic. You have your little outline uh, inside your worship folder, and you can see a picture of a little mosaic that's written on that outline. I have it somewhere. That's, a mosaic is a... Is a is a picture made of little broken pieces of glass or or uh, um, pottery or uh, um, marble or something like that. There's it's, it, that little picture on there is a is a is a mosaic. And the great thing God is trying to do with us is he he takes broken people because none of us are perfect, and he puts them together in a beautiful array to create a a wonderful family, a wonderful picture, and that's what the church is. It's this beautiful mosaic of broken pieces put together to create something amazing, to create an amazing, beautiful family that reflects the multi-ethnic face of Jesus. So let's continue to be more inclusive and ramp it up so it shows and lets our world know that the love of Christ is found here. That's the kind of church we are and will strive to be. And I believe you're here, even as a guest, to be part of this. The question is, will you?
So what next steps can we take? Invite friends to lunch. Join a life group in the fall. And if you want to even try one in the next couple of weeks before they uh, break for the summer, go see Carrie at the the, uh, desk outside there and and have him see if you can sign up for one. Help out. Yeah, we need help, but you need the opportunity to serve more. In the office, we need some help. And the list of ministries is in the study guide. And and that learn learn your neighbors' names and, and get to know your neighbors. Be inclusive in your neighborhood and show them the love of Christ. And in your study guide, there's also a, some lists of how to do that. So let's be inclusive. <clears throat> let's be inclusive with Jesus, devoted to Jesus, dedicated to Jesus' purpose, diligent for, with Jesus' call. Be inclusive with others, devoted to all people, dedicated to unity, diligent for inclusion. You know, uh, this past year has been amazing, incredible, wonderful. A lot of great things have happened. You can read about that uh, in the uh, annual report, which is this month's uh, Connections magazine. But I believe this next year is going to be another amazing, incredible year. So jump in and let's be inclusive together. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for just the opportunity... uh, this morning to be challenged from your word, to, to seek this inclusive reality of our life and how you want us to be a part of a, a family that sits down like that video, Lord. And, and, and Lord, may that image just be reminded, reminding us of, of what you want from us and encourage us. And so God, thank you. Thank you that we can worship together in that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.